ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Slice of Life. I am your host, Zach Vaughn. Joining me today, Quad Cities legend, Mr. Donnie Townsend. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hobo legend. Uh, Quad Cities hobo legend. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Donnie Townsend. Donnie, I'm pumped to have you here today, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I appreciate it. Um, what, what's been up with you, dude? New father? Yeah. I'm a papa. You're a papa now? Yeah. A papa bear? That's pretty fun, man. I mean, I think it was cool because uh, it was an accident. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would have sucked if it so was it's intentional. Like, oh, the universe had a plan for me. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay. But it's been good. It makes me have to like, you know, pay attention more to what I'm doing. And Yeah, dude. And you're geeked about that kid too. Every I am. Time, he's cool. Every time that you, I see you out and about and I speak to you about it, you can see your eyes light up and dude, stuff. Dude, he started it's walking awesome. at nine months. He's just like, I don't know, he's sharp. Yeah. He's fucking, I'm like, dude, who are you going to be? Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, man. what was I doing anyway? You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> living at my mom's, sleeping on a futon. Yeah, it's literally what I was doing. So um, now you're dad. Mm-hmm. When did you get into stand up? How long's yeah. this this journey been going? Take us back to the inception. You uh, were at Penguins, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think going on ten years right now. So I've been around. You know. Yeah. Stomping around, but then I moved to Cedar Rapids, and then I hosted at Penguins all the time. Okay. So I met a lot of people that way. Okay. And it was cool. Just honestly, just hosting yeah. was really good for me. Because you get to see, especially in an old club like Penguins, you get to see like a lot of bad comics. Yeah. You know? But you also get to, there's a couple of gems that are still out there. So you really learn a lot. And everybody's cool. Even like, you know, cause some people they get kind of like, I don't want to open for a guitar comic. But those guys are really cool. You go out drinking with them. Yeah. You like learn. They all have something to teach you. So you were just... A good hang. I guess so, man. I mean, it is about the hang. Yeah. I mean, I always like the guys like Stanhope and stuff. Who yeah. Just kind of like, you know, the guys down in the in the grooves. They're, and then I think the only, they just didn't like the people that like big timed them. Yeah. Like those kind of comics. And yeah, I think I always like that kind of spirit too. You get that even like at like this low inceptual level where you get like big time by somebody that's like. <laughs> I know. It's really funny actually. You know, the whole thing's really absurd. Big time by exclusively an Iowa comic. It's like what's happening right now, man? I've seen it a lot, man. Yeah. I see it all the time too. Yeah. Those people almost have the most ego, I For think, sure. because they become the most jaded by mm. the experience. You know, like you understand that you're kind of just spinning your wheels in this location. There isn't like a real trajectory because there isn't a real market. So they've been grinding. They've been working hard. They have X amount of credits to them. And I think they become the most bitter and because they want to feel the most important, they want to shit on everyone that's trying to come up. I think that's what's causing. I don't know. I just think the whole paradigm of comedy though, like even just, you know, you really work hard so you can try to get into certain clubs and make money. But then you just end up, it's a job at the end of the day. Yeah. And a lot of that job is like, unfortunately, is like being a cornball. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, I, I'm kind of glad I never tried to like necessarily just do it as a living. Yeah. It's nice when you get paid for it, but it's better when you can do it like how you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Real. You have a real nomad spirit when it comes to comedy. Yeah. So what, Thanks, des- what destroys comedy for you then? Like Me? what's the, what's the, uh. What makes the me vibe, hate the vibe of comedy for for you? I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's it's all oversaturated, you know. Which is fine. I think it it all changes when you go do it. Yeah. Like when, you, but when you're looking online, 
is like it makes you hate people you don't know and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but then you meet them and they're cool. Yeah, but I, I don't know. At some point, I feel like I don't know. It became less about having fun and it's more about some business angle. Yeah, like it's always been like that a little, but now it's more so. Yeah, like nobody drinks. Yeah, you know, everybody's drinking water and setting their camera up. Yeah, and, and I get it, but I'm glad that I just fucked around. Yeah, and, and it like it it worked for it worked for you. You know what I mean? Like that's what we were talking about before we started recording. Like you've just been able to be 100% yourself. And the whole time that I've known you, like in comedy and like off stage when we're talking, you've always just been Donnie, you know? Like there isn't like a a persona or like a shift or anything. You've just been you, you, it seems like you have such a strong sort of I don't, I don't want to say like set of ethics. That sounds like something, you know, you know what I, but it, people like, have told me I have integrity before, you know, and I'm like, I don't think that goes good with comedy though. You know who you are. Integrity like. doesn't help you in comedy. No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> you know, but, um, I mean, at the end of the day though, no matter what you're, I guess everybody's got their own path they're on or whatever, yeah. but, uh, at the end of the day, like I always felt like I'm just kind of like scratching at my, my own skin, seeing what's under there, you know, yeah. seeing what you're made of. So that's really what it's about. Do you get affected by all that other bullshit? Because it just seems like it, it just seems like everything kind of rolls off your shoulders. You know what I mean? Like I get pissed and I get like jealous and I like all these emotions. You kind of need come. that stuff though, right? Yeah. Kind, I, I mean, what logs are you putting on your fire? Yeah. Do, do you get any of that? Oh, for sure. I think that's part of it though. Like I remember like, you know, at some point there's like a gig you don't get and you see other people and you're like, why are they getting that yeah. gig? But then you're like, fuck that gig. That that gig's going on my fire now. Yeah. You know, and you're like, but I, then you get the gig later and you're like, this wasn't even a big deal. I think I just wear that shit on my sleeve more. Like I wish yeah. that I was able to kind of mask it better than it was, but I feel like when I'm pissed about something, it's way more obvious, you know? And that's not, that's not. What, what do you trait. mean by that? Like outwardly, like have an attitude. Out, yeah, outwardly, outwardly weird. You know, the energy shifts around like certain people. Yeah, um, it's it is very delicate sometimes. Yeah, because you don't know what other people are thinking and harboring. And if you think somebody doesn't like you, yeah, I'm a. I mean, I'm a sensitive dude, and I also have like we a, all are, I also man. have a temper. You know, so like I constantly have to. You have to navigate these social interactions, and at the same time, these social interactions are being retarded by the fact that you're only talking to other comedians, which is the weirdest social interactions you can have. There are so many times in my day-to-day life now where most of the conversations I have are with other comedians yeah. that if I have to speak to just another person, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I forgot how to do this. Like I lost this Do you skill. miss that? A little bit. I do too sometimes. A little bit because it feels weird being awkward. And then, like, you're in this awkward interaction with someone. You just want to be like, I'm actually really good at being social. I, I do it into microphones. Yeah, just I would so think you, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I don't see you being awkward at all socially. Oh, dude. Like, it's, even when you're on stage. It's, re- it's, I mean, if I genuinely like somebody, mm-hmm. like, if I, if I genuinely like someone, then I, I can be social all day long. It's just natural. I just want to talk to that person, be around that person, hang out. If I like have to force it, if I'm meeting someone, if I don't really like someone, it's super awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, man. I'm so shocked that you experience any of the same emotions I do towards comedy because you just don't wear it outwardly. You know, like 
or at least I never, at least I never see that side of you. You're always just, does that make sense? I mean, it's also, we're we're doing comedy, you know? Yeah. So even if you do get mad, you got to find a way to let it out. Like somebody used to tell me, uh, comedy comes from anger a lot, all the time. And I always was like, no, it doesn't. But I'm starting to see how it does. Because I feel like some of my best bits, even if it's absurd, is like something I was like upset about. Yeah, yeah, I do. I turn a lot of things that upset me at the time, and I try making them as absurd as possible yeah. uh, to the point that when I deliver it in joke format, it's like it's like a uncanny valley. You know, it's like one step removed from what any normal person would think, but they can kind of see how I get there. That's kind of my approach to all my jokes, where it's like they can see the thought process leading up to something that's like no person would say nice. or think that yeah that's know? the map to, yeah. to zach vaughn yeah there we go that's how yeah. i do it i just take crazy instances in my life uh keep them normal deliver them in a normal way and then take the last step to make them as weird i think as that's possible. a good recipe man yeah what's your recipe i don't really have one yeah. honestly but i'm starting to yeah it's just a mess of a process you know but, where where do you find inspiration uh I mean, sometimes my brain is just like on overload. Yeah. You know, I like if you saw my notebooks, dude, I have, I probably have a hundred notebooks. Yeah. Just full of, I, I might as well throw some of them away because there's no way I'm going to go look through all of them. Yeah. But it's like this steam heat of like ideas I don't know what to do with. Yeah. So a lot of it's like fi- trying to find a home for that. Yeah, definitely. And then it, that's the hard, but then maybe two years later, you're like, oh, this other thing fits to this. But I have noticed like, especially I used to, do even more absurd stuff and like it either really worked or it didn't work. But I noticed it works better if it's connected to something real. Yeah. Somehow. Cause I felt like I'd build this joke or whatever is like a device that worked, but I didn't have anything to like plug it into. Yeah. I think that, I think that comedy comes from experiences. Yeah. I agree. There has to be a real instance. Like it can't just do you, be. Do you it, work, do you start with the real thing usually, or like I, I start with the real thing and then I expand out, right? So the real things like a super minor version of anything that happened, right? And then do you physically write a lot? I I type. I type, type into the phone. I try. Cool. I want to start switching to writing because I feel like I feel like maybe it would do a little bit more for me, or I could make corrections a little bit better. I just have so many notes in my phone. And then eventually they just get buried, right? For sure. And you're like, I never. Yeah, I have those two. And then I, and then from there I'll just, uh, I'll expand out. But I can't just the jokes I've had that I fabricated out of nothing, mm-hmm. nothingness. They just, I feel like they lose a little bit. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard process. But I think the cool thing about physically writing though is like you don't have to like write, right? Yeah. You can just kind of like shorthand and well, just yeah, just kind of doodle around you just be like an archaeologist digging up bones it doesn't have to be like what you're gonna say it's just like maybe you could say that just playing with ideas do you do you punchline first and then develop the joke around it or do you build the joke to the punchline i know those are kind of the two big approaches to writing i mean honestly i feel like probably my best jokes are is like something i got the whole burst at once yeah and i don't get those too often um but i think the other one is like a few like like i said i have like some weird fragment i don't know what to do with like oh yeah uh i i unplugged my refrigerator now it's you know it's a, just a cabinet yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's an example but then like I won't know what to do with it, but then something real 
I don't know. Like I just saw all about smart refrigerators. So I could maybe fuse that where it's like, oh, I'll, turn, I'll make a smart fridge, a dumb one real quick. I'll just unplug it, make it yeah. a cabinet. Yeah, I uh, I saw that Terminator Genesis mm-hmm. is the number seven movie on Amazon Prime. Yesterday when I was scrolling through, a 2015 Terminator, the worst one. And I wrote an entire joke about artificial intelligence about it. Nice. Did it yesterday and Stuff it worked. Like that. You know, it's just inspiration comes in the weirdest places. Lately, that's kind of how I've been looking at it too, where it's like, uh, it's not necessarily like all your jokes, but the things you're thinking about. Yeah. Right. So where, where's your, what are, what are you thinking about most of the day? And it's stuff like that that I think is important. Yeah. You know, you're thinking of things in the future, like thinking ahead. And you're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. But everything, I mean, you as a comic and a person kind of fuse that way where it's like, yeah. I think that's what made, they always say comics are like lazy philosophers. Yeah. I always like that term, not philosophers. <laughs> yeah. Because then you would just fucking write a book. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. You'd do anything yeah. but comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I've met a few dudes that are just like, they're always like loaded up, you know, in any direction about these different things they've been accumulating over years. And I think that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's how I came into comedy. And then you kind of dump your brain into comedy, right? Yeah. So like if my brain before I ever started doing stand up was super encumbered, now like it'll kind of get back to that point again. And it's like, I need to release this, you know, and it kind For of, sure. you feel lighter. You seem pretty organized. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps me, I wouldn't say I'm OCD, but like yeah. there are certain things like make me anxious. So a lot of my life's trying to like navigate anything that makes me anxious. You know, I don't subscribe to the news. I Good, avoid all the bullshit that I, I can, you know, I just kind of try. That shit just kind of makes you dumber. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. It's like huffing glue. Yeah. Watching the news. It's not great, dude. And you only have X amount of time on this world. You want to spend more of it being pissed off. It's not like you watch well, the you're news pissed and off walk about away being feeling lied great. To. Yeah. That's what you should be mad about. Being lied. Well, yeah. They're just gas lamping us. Is that what they call it? Gaslighting. We're always getting gas lamped <laughs> by these guys. <laughs> That's all they do, man. Just fear porn. So for the people listening that aren't from the Quad Cities, Donnie is prolific in this area. Uh, one of the OGs fear porn? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, for fear porn, um, for harassing customers outside the local circle. K. Yeah. <laughs> they won't let me in. Cause I don't have shoes on oh, fucking God damn it, dude. It's all politics. It's true. dude. <laughs> um, you're opening for Sam talent this weekend. Yeah. Name drop, uh, Same Chad, tea. Chad Daniels. Yeah. Later in the month, I went and watched you open for Mark Norman. Oh yeah, dude, you were there. Yeah, Viva La Mark Norman, love that dude. Yeah, um, it, was- uh, good friends with AJ Grill. AJ Grill released a fantastic YouTube special t- two have months you met ago. AJ before I haven't. I love him, dude. He's one of my best friends. But um, He's a good dude. Yeah, man, you're in the. You're just you're in it. You know what I mean? For you're sure. you're as plugged into it as anyone in this area. I mean, especially can- living in Iowa. Exactly. Exactly. And you've managed to do this without having, like I said, you have almost no social media presence. I, dude, I hate more than fucking anything the amount of emphasis that being successful as a standup is on marketing yourself, paying attention to trends and algorithms, Mm -hmm. making sure you're uploading your TikToks, making sure you're on Google ads, having a website. All this stuff. 
just a dude it and and none of it has anything to do with the quality of the content that you're actually putting out and it drives me dude, cr- the, crazy dude. the other day i sat down to uh write some jokes just like at a starbucks and then i had that uh, i posted a clip for the first time on instagram yeah dude but i, I then i fucked up and like it didn't post the full clip yeah. So I had to like, it happened twice. I had to like delete it and then, but <laughs> it totally like pissed me off and took me out of writing any jokes. Yeah. So I, like, I was like, I don't just want to write. I just want to sit down and write. There have 100, there have 100% been times where I'm on stage. I'm recording my set that night. I'm at a, a venue that looks really good or the audience is really good that night whatever. I'm like, I need to make sure that I get clips from this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on stage just thinking about like that joke didn't land how it's supposed to that clips ruined. It's like, what the fuck? Why should I care? And there are people at like 90% of comedians are just influencers, dude, I know. which is fine. That's what I was going to say. That, that's where if the you, trend If you, if you can't, if you can't tell jokes, that's fine. Just call yourself an influencer. Yeah. Man, comedy is a long path, dude. And everyone's trying to find the shortcut. And I think since we have technology that's existed in the last 2% of stand-up comedy as a whole, right? People are like, there has to be a way that we can use this to get to the finish line quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's reassuring about that is you do see people getting opportunities off of it. But it does still very much seem like comedy is going to make sure that you put the time into comedy if you want to act, which is cool. I think a lot of those people that are just trying to be influencers that want to call themselves stand-ups normally uh, find their way out of it or get kind of disillusioned. to their sales job later. But you you haven't cared about doing any of that. You've just been you, and you're sought after by all these people coming into town just by... Focusing on comedy just by being, you just love doing comedy. Yeah. Um, I do love the hang too. And how, how do you think, how do you think you got there? Like, how do you think you, you arrived at that point where it's like, I didn't have to be anything. I'm not, I didn't care about doing the marketing things. I just wanted to tell my jokes. And now I'm still getting these opportunities to hang with these people that enjoy being around me. Um, I think, I don't know, kind of just being a good hang and not really, like, you can smell an agenda, like, a mile away sometimes, you know? Not wanting something. If you meet a comic you admire even, you know, just try to make them laugh even. Yeah. But you I get, you I don't get, have to go into bits or anything, but just, you know, or yeah. listen to them. I get nervous and weird around comics that I look up to. Yeah. I hate it, you know? We just got to get you out there more, dude. I, you know, there are times where I'm around comics and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've followed this guy from... And I, dude, I, we're all just a bunch and of I, carnies. And I meet them, and I'm just like, oh, dude, your sets are so good. And they're probably like, get this fucking weirdo away from me. Yeah, it's not who I am as a person, but I do. Like, I have so much respect for the people out there that can genuinely make me laugh, or the comics out there that I think are sure. really, really good that I do. Like, I, I get weird, you know? I hate it. It's I mean, that's kind of part of it, too. I, I, it. I think learning to hang out with those dudes is kind of like another skill set yeah like i got to open for stanhope when i was like two years in yeah and uh i remember because my twitter handle was like donny t comedy or something <laughs> he's like oh because i dude i got to open for him because of twitter it was funny. yeah yeah because uh he was looking for an opener on twitter and somebody was like i'm gonna send donny and then he fucking messaged me on twitter he's like call me i'm like oh 
I remember I was broke and hungover. I, I wanted to go to the show. I couldn't even afford it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. But he's like, oh, hey, Donnie T comedy. Like, I changed my like, <laughs> Twitter handle like immediately. Uh, but even him, he's like, dude, you, you did good up there. I was like, oh, man, it's such a treat. And, and it just sounded really stupid, you know? Yeah. Did you, you definitely don't want to suck Stanhope's dick? Yeah. D- did you, um, apart from Stanhope, did you have like any of those like awkward interactions where like you were like, you did look up to somebody so much or you did feel like so weird that you were there in that moment that it did affect your interactions? How'd you get out of that? How'd you kind of grow out of that sort of? I mean, I think it's just part of it. You just move on to the next one. Yeah. You know? There's so many comics out there, and most most of the, especially the bigger comics, don't remember you till you meet them yeah. for the eighth time. Yeah, exactly. Because they meet so many people. Yeah. Cool. Like even Stanhope, I used to uh, like I used to text him sometimes because I had his number. Because I text him after the show, and he's like, "Oh, thanks for being on it and stuff." And I was like, "Cool." But then I would text him randomly, like we were friends. <laughs> you know? And then I heard him talking on a podcast. He's like, I'm not giving my number to openers anymore. <laughs> I don't think he was talking about me, but I didn't. I didn't do it that often, but yeah, I bet it happens a lot. So I think it's not just don't bug people. Yeah, yeah. I like even uh, asking for stuff. Like I usually don't even ask for shows. Yeah, I don't even give my uh, number out to like peers until I've like hung around them like a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which should be like a natural thing. Yeah, I'm like you can message me on facebook or whatever i have good friends me some, too. some of my best friends in the world now have my number yeah <laughs> I, we me- message on- I talk to them every day on facebook or whatever yeah dude me and tony like uh we've had each other's numbers but we never text each other it's always on instagram yeah pretty much it, it used to be facebook but yeah so what do you think of uh what do you think of like the the new direction of comedy what do you think about the influence of social media and stuff on it Oh man! How does it make you feel? Does it feel like something that well, you? It is do you like feel a, pressured to do a, more of it because? Of I mean, it? I, I don't mind doing that stuff, but I I don't want to seem like I want it to be something I like. Yeah, you know, I just don't want to like put something out because I have to. Yeah. So, but my brain isn't really like activated in that. I have to kind of like think about it. Yeah. But I can, I mean, I know how to like. I just gotta do it, I guess. Yeah, if I want to, like I was gonna, I was thinking about doing a like a mini podcast with the kid. Yeah, just put him in the high chair and just like rant to him, just for like ten minutes. You know, yeah, maybe a couple times a week. I got some ideas for it. Yeah, I was gonna call it "You're All Babies." <laughs> like the whole idea is like everybody's a baby. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's skull is softer than his. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think it's kind of a double edged sword though. With because even me, it's like. I could have been doing that stuff. Like even Sam, he always gives me a hard time about, you know, I don't really put myself out there at all. Yeah. You know, and I probably should be. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, it just depends, man. You know, like, but I've done, done, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I feel like I see the opportunities you get. And I look at it and admire it. I'm like, oh, you don't even have to. Like, that's what, when I think of you, I'm like, Donnie found a way to bypass all that. Meanwhile, I'm starting a fucking podcast. I'm clipping reels. Dude, podcasts I'm editing, cool, I'm editing but, photos. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. I just wanted to fucking tell jokes. And now I have to do all this extra shit to make myself relevant. I mean, does that make you more relevant though? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't, I mean, I mean, who are you reaching with that? Like people like the, you know what I mean? Like people outside of your circle, I guess would be the thing, but even like posting something online, it's like, if I put something out, I know it's just comic seeing it. Yeah. Much, which yeah. is fine though. I've had, I've had some reels do pretty decent, but like at the same time, if I were to really, it's dopamine, right? You know, oh, it is, so, some, sure. somebody sees something and, totally it, and it, and it does well. And I guess like, reels are different. You're like, yes, dude, like, yes, I'm valid. But is, has anyone ever messaged me off of a successful reel? And they're like, Hey, we want to give you this opportunity. No. So from a com- comedic standpoint is it doing a lot for me no probably not but at the same time if i add a comic on instagram Mm -hmm. that's kind of like at the same level that i'm at you know and i'm kind of trying to like vet them out and be Mm -hmm. like i'm like i like their fucking material god damn it you know i like go the reels and I'll like find like their least liked reel, and I'll be like, "Yeah, dude, I have more likes than that, you fucking piece oh, of shit." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "You're fucking nobody." Damn, dude. But so <laughs> That's I. Funny. I <laughs> so it it does, dude. It it, it transform. But we all just want you know we all want attention to to some For degree. Sure. That's the, that's really what it comes down to. And we found this platform, this vehicle, is a way to get us that attention. I mean, and, it can definitely be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude, comedies gave me some of the best opportunities in my life. For sure. I, I love it way more than I hate it. But I definitely go through those phases where I'm like, I fucking hate this, you know? Like, it's still a it's roller coaster. It, but, yeah, I mean, it, it has been largely positive. I think it's just, I think, like, probably the hardest lesson to learn is probably managing that ego and still being just a dude, you know, just kind of need your ego a little too, though. Yeah. Right. That's my kind of my motto is like, you need, uh, awareness to get better, but you need delusion to keep going. So you're putting like two different fuels in the tank all the time. That's a fucking fantastic quote, dude. Did you really come up with that? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You really, you really nailed it for sure, man. But dude, if you're, I mean, you could, you could be the funniest person ever and still nobody knows who you are. Yeah. So there's that. And we know a lot of those people, you oh. know, every single comic, every single, uh, big time comic out there will be like, yeah, I'm pretty funny, but my friend Craig, you know, like for sure. But those are just people that didn't feel the need to get their validation that way. They're like, oh, I'm funny. I can make my friends laugh. Like it, you know, yeah, it's some it's, of the funniest people, you know, yeah, ever it's cool. To, it's cool to be around me because the comedy you do on stage and I, it is kind of it is kind of sadistically fun to watch it happen in real time is different than like the shit that's making your friends laugh. Mm -hmm. So you'll see that friend, that funny friend get up on stage for the first time and they're like, everyone told me to do this. And then they'll just rant for five minutes without a punchline and nobody will laugh. And it's like, dude, that's why I love watching Tony go up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause he just goes hard, dude. Yeah. I've seen Tony crush too, but there's times when he's like, when he hasn't been up for a while, he's got all these like brutal ideas. Yeah. And he's just like, but then he forgets and he just kind of stares at you. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and he's covered in paint. Yeah. Yeah. I like the moments when I'm on stage where I have the opportunity to like drop my persona and be like a, be like a real person for a second. I like being able to call out somebody that's being fucking loud. I like being able to like, you know, be like, I'm, you know, Drop the funny guy act for a second. Yeah, it does something, does something for me. Yeah, it's nice to be able to like be a, like get away from a snap joke. out of it. Yeah, 
Yeah. I hate being on autopilot, man. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be, but I can feel myself sometimes and I like find a way to fuck it up. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird. Cause I feel like I'm sure you, I'm sure you know this like as well as anyone, but think about like some of your favorite bits that you have mm-hmm. and they've just been crushing and crushing and you're telling them more. So it must be getting tighter technically. And then you go up for like a month and it doesn't land once. And it's like the most, it's most refined, most perfect version of that joke. And suddenly it's like a shit joke because of it. Yep. He lost his And you're like, what the fuck, dude? That's why I keep thinking of this idea of like, uh, you got your, just how to organize your own material. Yeah. Where like you have the stuff you're working on that you're tightening up, but then, well, the old tight stuff you need like air vents. Yeah. Yeah. This other stuff that's kind of coming into it. It's all these moving parts. Yeah. But it doesn't always work that way. Like, have you ever done the thing where, like, you, you do really well at a mic and then you have to go do a professional show and it's so much, you're so much stiffer. Yeah. And I've always wondered why, why do you have to have a different mood for a, an open mic for a, like a paid show? Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> keep that loot. Cause at the mic, you don't care. Yeah. Even the worst open, like just treat the best show, like the worst open mic ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, that's all you have to do. <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's 100% truth to that. I mean, being loose up there. It's is, hard to do though. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to like be, be present. Right. I think that's really being what present, it comes down to. I think you're right. Is being, is being present in those moments. And, um, yeah, definitely. If if I make a bigger deal about a show in my mind for whatever reason. Oh yeah. Uh this show's special because this or that. I mean, they don't they don't always go poorly, but they're never like sets I walk away from thinking like I had a lot of fun up there and they aren't my best sets, you know. If I can go up there and kind of be like whatever happens happens, you know, know that feel confident in my material, have practiced it and know how to deliver it, but be loose and present up there that's the best that's the best dude yeah how do you get into that state every time that yeah i don't not taking yourself seriously for sure i mean that's That's what one that's what it comes down to but there's like it's hard not to there's like a certain pattern that probably runs in your brain yeah and sometimes i can i can be like oh dude i'm in it but then other times, like, oh, man, I just don't feel that. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to just go A to B because yeah. you're tired or whatever. And you could still have a good set, but... Sometimes I get good. so wrapped up in the competitive aspect of it mm-hmm. where it's like I need to do as well as I can because opportunities are only going to come out of me being as good as I can be that I... You need I, that, that pressure. I, that I never take the step back to be like, but also... I'm fucking talking about my dick, you know? Like, also, I'm talking about come up there and fucking... See, that's what's so weird about comedy, where it's like, uh, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing comedy. Like, but I get it. It's like, in society, people really elevate it. Yeah. And and the more, response, really... the more response you get, I feel like the the better you get, the more confident with it the more you lose that it's like just comedy. You know what I mean? The the more, the easier it is to separate yourself from the fact that this was something you started doing because you just wanted to make people laugh and have fun. 
and be silly. You know, you forget all about that. And you're like, well, if I don't nail this, then I'm never going to get this opportunity for so-and-so and this person's watching me and now they think I'm an idiot. So, I mean, I've known a lot of comics like that that are like, you know, really successful, but they're kind of miserable to be around. Yeah. Sometimes dude. just because it's all business and it's all comedy and it's like, it's not very, very natural. Yeah. It's like this neurotic and I get it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, and I can't pretend I, I'm forced to care about the other shit, right? Like if I really, I would love to take stand up as far as stand ups meant to go for me. For sure. Right. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, and so I feel forced to care about the other shit. I feel forced to care about, um, who I'm getting in front of the spots that I'm getting at, who's watching me perform. Um, there's how, nothing wrong with how, that. how viable my, uh, social media footprint, all those things, right? Those are things that I feel like comedies backed me into a corner of caring about. I mean, do you, but all I really wanted to care about at the end of the day, the only reason I started doing this and the only thing that should matter to me is I just wanted to be my own favorite comedian. I just wanted to make something you like. I just wanted to, yeah, make the things that I wanted to hear. You know, I wanted to tell the jokes that people weren't telling. I wanted it to be the first time those jokes were told, you know, and I wanted to walk away like, God damn, like I love the shit that I'm putting out. Do you like send emails out and shit to like bookers and stuff? No. See, you might as well do that because I think that is a big part of posting your reels and stuff. Yeah. Because that's what they say. It's, it's a lot of that stuff is really just to show bookers that you're, doing yeah. stuff yeah i uh i got fired from my job uh last month they eliminated my position in the company and so i took that this period of time in the interim while i'm looking for work to do as much comedy as i can right i went up and did a mic at comedy on stage did you really yep went to comedy cabin tra- been to des moines a few times just traveled around yeah. trying to like make the most of it i'm like there's gonna be too many times in my adult life where i'm going to have the co- complete autonomy to just do whatever I want for comedy. I need to, that's a big part of it too. I mean, yeah. dude, there's like five years. I didn't really have a job. I was just writing and getting yeah. up. And so, Maybe longer than that. and, um, during that time, like I would reach out to some contacts that I had met since doing stand up, And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you know, I have the potential to travel here now to Omaha, to Louisville, wherever. Um, you know, do you know of any spots or anything like that? And it always made me feel so weird asking Yeah, and none of them really, one of them, they're like, yeah, I can offer you this spot. And I'm like, I have another spot that day. Yeah. And I'm like, should I send you my sketch? I never send my Take the better spot though. Yeah. Yeah. I've made that mistake a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. There was another spot that I turned down because I, uh, I thought a show was going to, like I got invited on a show like months back. Um, and I'm like very much like, if I say I'm going to do something, me too, I'm, I'm going to do it, you know? And so I'm like, I can't do it. And it got closer and closer to that date. And the person that asked me to be on it hadn't gotten a hold of me. And I ran into him. I'm like, Hey, are you still doing that show? And they're like, Oh no, sorry. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude. I was, <laughs> I mean, I think like most comics understand. Yeah. You know, if you got offered a better gig, you kind of have to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, man, but... I mean, people will not do a show because they have COVID. Yeah. So, um, 
<laughs> not me, dude. Yeah, yeah. Not I me. Mean, yeah. Breathe directly into yeah, the dude. microphone. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, so who who have been some of your favorite hangs? Right. I, I mean, you've had you've had had the opportunity to be in front of some people that comics as a whole really admire. You know. Give yeah. us give us some of the insider stories. I mean, that, that time with Stanhope was really cool. Yeah, he took me out drinking, and he was so generous. I mean, Sam, obviously. Yeah, I mean, how long have you known Sam? Probably, like, I think I was like three years in when I met Sam or something. So we've been friends for a while. How was he back then? Still I mean, pretty much the same. Yeah. But I could tell now it's like you know the stakes are higher. Was was he still was he in Denver at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he was just a road dog too. I mean, he's just you know pounding the pavement everywhere. Yeah. And any gig, really, as long as they paid all right. How'd you first cross paths with uh, him? Uh, there's this comedy fest in uh, Ames. Okay. And there's this dude, actually, that, that passed away, Joey Fick. And, um, yeah, he ran. It was like a shit show of a comedy fest. He just got all these comics he liked, Denver, Chicago, a bunch of Iowa people. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it was just a mess of a comedy festival. Yeah. But that's when I was at Penguins a lot. And uh, and I met Sam, and Sam was coming through Cedar Rapids, and we did some show. I mean, just kind of randomly doing shows here and there. Yeah. And I think I got him like a guest spot at Penguins, and then we would go do like different spots, and he'd hit me up, be like, hey, man, you want to do this run with me? Just just organically. Yeah. We always just had a lot in common, too. Yeah. Like, we like the same food and a lot of the same art and shit. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. We'll go get up and go check out museums or go do stuff. Yeah. Get a bowl of pho. Yeah, you know, I love go to thrift stores. Me too. Yeah, just shit like that, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. I love doing that stuff. Yeah, I had a really, I had a really good weekend this last weekend with uh, that Eric Emerson, Matt Banwert. Yeah, super cool dudes. Uh, Where was that at? They were. They did. uh, Eric's a killer, dude. He's a yeah, dude. He is. He really impressed me. Super cool dude. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, They uh, did Friday and Saturday at Lucky Cat in Cedar Rapids. Did Matt headline? Yep. Oh, that's right. Eric yep. didn't. Eric didn't. No. Eric did uh, twenty. He did twenty, maybe a little bit more than twenty on Friday and Saturday. Different twenty each time. I loved his first set, second set. His crowd work is just so concise, dude. It's, really? Yeah. Who it, Matt? No, Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought you were talking about Matt. Um, yeah, it was. It, I was super impressed. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how you do it, though. You just make friends with everybody. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were super cool. We went and got, uh, I think pizza both nights. Uh, Haley, old Ben Woodfield, shout out Ben. Um, Haley's good, good lady. Eric and his girlfriend and I, we went and got, uh, burgers early on Saturday, got some beers, just hung out, man. It is. Those are, those are the moments where I'm like, that's my favorite part about it. Right. You know, like I, I met somebody, we're connected by this thing, this stand-up comedy thing. You know, we were late in that aspect. That kind of gives you the in. And then you just talk to them like a person. You're like, sure. oh, dude, like you're... Dude, you know how many, like when I was hosting at Penguins, like I, I realized all I had to do is ask like the headliners like, and the feature. I'd be like, you guys want to get lunch tomorrow? Yeah. We'd always go get lunch. Yeah. Because they're out on the road. Like, dude, I got so many comics numbers. Just I have Andy Kindler's phone number. I'm just going to lunch with him. <laughs> I like never hit him up right yeah. now, but... Just like a whole hodgepodge of different people. But it's kind of like, it is nice to see uh, like kind of a, a friend on the road. Yeah. Especially yeah. those guys that do those clubs like that, like the old school way. 
Like, cause they usually get linked up with an opener that they didn't bring. You know, it's whoever. Yeah. So, which that's how Penguins did it, which is the old school way of doing it, where they got a headliner and they have a, a feature act from somewhere else. So it's like people don't even know each other. Yeah. But now, now a lot of clubs use local features. Yeah. Because it saves them money and stuff. I'm worried about like the next step of comedy being like low. Like this is like this is the purest. Like where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. you know, like this is like as pure and simple as it gets. There isn't a there isn't a financial obligation relying on it. It's yeah. not paying my rent. I'm hey, all the people I'm doing stand up with regularly. I'm friends with. I get to talk to them on a regular basis. I get to see them regularly. You know, it's low stakes at this point. I worry about like that next step where if I were to relocate for comedy, if I were to move, getting to that point where it's like, oh, dude, I do have these friends, but now I only get to see them like if we're on a show together once every like few months, you know? But it's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, you appreciate them a lot more. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like, dude, I haven't seen Sam for, well, I think since in the fall. Yeah. Last time I saw him. But it's just cool when you get to see a buddy you haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kanane's really cool, too. Kyle Kanane? Yeah. He's very generous. I haven't met him. I know he's I know he's been he's been to Renwick and Yeah, he did Renwick that last time, dude. I mean he hung out with us. Yeah. There's this dude with like a huge wart coming out of his like his <laughs> like his eyebrow kinda. And he kept talking like at us. Not even to us, but like at us about uh mushrooms. <laughs> and I told Kanane, I was like, dude, he's got a mushroom growing up. <laughs> he's like, ah. He calls those like dudes that talk at you after a show, he calls them uh, punishers. Yeah, Yeah, you have to have the awareness to not be that guy. Yeah. You have to. It's hard, man. I get excited. I get like... You do? I get excited. Like when I'm like, when I'm around somebody... Who would you want to work with? Who would be your... Oh, dude. Like a dream Um, guy you could open for? The easy answer would be Norman, would be like Mark Norman. Or uh, or like uh, Samaril or something like that. Yeah, those um, guys are great. That would be that would be an easy one. How can uh, you even say a lady? She, yeah. <laughs> Shane Gillis, I think, would be super oh, fun. Yeah, that would rule. I yeah. think she, I I listen to Matt and Shane's secret podcast. He seems. I I w- I think I would love hanging out with Mark Norman, but I can listen to Mark Norman and I can like hear like his anxieties and his oh. own neuroses and like all those things. And I'm like, I get that. I can like I get and relate to that. But Shane Gillis just seems like a fun hang, dude. dude he just seems like one of the boys. I just did uh, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. but he was he was in town doing the improv too. So AJ Grill, <clears throat> he knows like the. Cause I think he he hosted for Gillis last time. Okay. So we were going to try and meet up with him and get drunk with him. Yeah. But so but he had a, like an early flight, so he didn't. But we went and hung out with the manager from the improv, and he was telling us about just how cool Gillis is. Yeah. He had like a thousand bucks in cash just to tip all the servers. Like he drank exactly like 11 Bud Lights like every night. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> These aren't a regiment. Yeah. It's cool when you see a guy like that that kind of like – because I think when it comes to comics, they're so like – I don't know. I don't know what the like political minded shit is all about. In yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, but I know comics. They just like they don't like him. Yeah, you know, because they think he's like right wing. But it, dude, he's so funny and like he's a good dude. Obviously, he's a generous guy, nice yeah. guy. 
And he'll joke, he'll joke around about that shit. Like I listen to, I listen to Matt and Shane's all the time. It's one of my favorite podcasts yeah. because they're saying all the shit that, yeah, it's literally just, just two boys, two buds hanging, you know? And, uh, he'll talk about it on the podcast. He'll be like, I fucking embarrassed myself this weekend. The green room, dude, he's like talking about like getting into like politics. He's like, fucking, they hated me. <laughs> I was with Sam once and like <clears throat> Gillis called him up and he like, Sam gets off the phone. And he's like, fucking Gillis got me again and I was like what he's like he called me a grub <laughs> and he's like man I couldn't think of anything better to call him like what's better than calling somebody a grub <laughs> like Shane Gillis called Sam just to call him a grub <laughs> See, he was that's friendship he was saying that uh uh Sam opened for him or Sam featured for him and uh he was walking off stage and Sam said that's how you do it. I like, that was the funniest thing. That's the funniest shit to say to somebody about to go on stage. Just for sure. That's how you do it. Dude, Sam fucking <laughs> rips people's heads off up there. Yeah. Have you ever seen him? Yeah. 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 Uh, super cool. Uh, I really like Sam talent too. I'll probably swing through Saturday. You should, man. When I get back. Yeah. Um, Me and uh, Mike Adralis are going to go to Kansas City the next night. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. So I got to figure out what I'm doing. I don't know if I should... Uh, come back to the quad cities because cedar app is like out of the way yeah but it doesn't matter i'll sleep in my car what was i gonna say i think it's weird to have a strong opinion on anything dude you know what i mean like i could care less about politics i could care less and therefore i'm able to poke fun of like both sides like equally because it's all ridiculous and it's like why would why as a con i mean I guess obviously there's a market for it. Some people really want to hear their side being preached and their ideals being preached up there. But I'm like, as a comic, why would you, why would you cut the material you can do in half? Why would you do it over any, over any controversial topic? Why would you pick a strong stance when you can be fluid with those things and get more material? Look at the guys that are out there really killing it right now. Yeah. You know, they're not like they got away from that stuff. Yeah, no one wants to hear it, dude. Well, it also shows you it's like we end up in this like kind of bubble. With that's comics. when you that's when you end up getting applause, not laughter. The you know the we'll clap for you crowds. Like See, you said something we agreed with. Like laughter. yeah, oh, it's the worst. It is the worst, dude. I think th- I mean that is a good point of like making something outside of stand up to get people to come to your shows. Yeah, because I think what happens. Like we're doing comedy and we go do these shows and these shows and different scenes, but it's still like relied on by other comics because it's their show. And if they don't like something, they might be like, oh, I don't want to have that guy. But people like Shane Gillis, like they just escape all that. Yeah. And then dude, the mass is coming trove to come see him. Yeah. Cause it's, it's fresh. Yeah. And it's new. I have that. Uh, it's not hindered by comics policing you. One of the first good jokes that I probably ever wrote was that bumper sticker bit. I get a bit. I talk about how I like making judgments for people honk, based on their bumper honk stickers. Honk if you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I make fun of, but I I start off making fun of like a liberal arrangement of bumper stickers. I'm like, I bet this is what the driver looks like. And then I finish it by making fun of like a conservative arrangement of bumper stickers and it has, you know, a nice big punchline. Both parties, no matter which side they're on, feel like the other one got good 
enough. And for me, it's fun. That's fun. because I got to make fun of both of those idiots. Yep. You know, that's my favorite part of the joke is that's I make, guys, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for buying into the paradigm. Yeah. Everyone has a good time. And I got away with talking shit about, you know, both archetypes of idiot. It's cool to me. It is weird though, dude, when you go on the road and you're like, you know, doing a club and stuff and they're like, you gotta do 25 minutes. You don't ever really know how it's going to go. I yeah. mean, especially it's like, like I said, you're opening for a guitar comic or something. I've had to open for like comedy magicians <laughs> and it's like, <clears throat> and that's fine, but it's like people that like me don't like him. And then the people that like him, they're not going to like me. Yeah. So it's like a terrible pairing, but you still like, <laughs> yeah, you just have to get through it and not say how bad it sucks when you're up there. So you get paid. I think, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think of who, who told this to me, but I think there is a version of comedy out there that's safe enough that it's going to be for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any person's going to laugh at those punchlines. And, uh, I, I see success, like successful comics doing it. I see comics that are successful around here, uh, or like that I interact with like doing it. And for me, I'm just like, what's the point? I agree. I'm the same. If, if there's no, if there's no element of danger, if everything you're saying is, is something that, that nobody's going to have a, a, a strong idea on or a belief on, if it's, if you're just telling witty anecdotes up there and you know that it's going to do well, like, yeah, you're crushing, like you're doing, you're doing good, but like, but then you, become, doesn't that kind of take everything away from it? I think so. I bet I guess if you're, you know, your goal is to be a working comic and that's what they tell you, you have to do a lot of times to do that. But if you can find a way to get paid without doing that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, if I had to, I've tried writing more clean stuff, but it's clean stuff that's in my voice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like gonna go up there and tell jokes about tractors, you know, <laughs> or sure. whatever. I feel like if I had to abandon that to get put on wherever, whatever opportunity, it would have defeated the whole reason I started doing stand up anyway. I agree. You know? Yeah, I've struggled with that like a bunch. Cause I, there was a time when I was like, all right, I need to go like <clears throat> feature a bunch of different places. And then I would, and I would just have, I'm glad I did it for like the story. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't, I don't know, try to write material for that. Cause there is like, I usually have 10 minutes I can get everybody with, mm -hmm. but then the rest is like up in the air. Yeah. I've put all of my old material on ice for the time being. Um, I like developed it in like a 20 minute chunk where I'm like, here's 20 minutes, a good feature spot. I, I feel like I've added all the tags I can add to these jokes. These are the, yeah, then you the, the best, laughs. the best arrangement of jokes. And so I put all that on ice and I've just been working on the next 20 now. See, that's pretty organized. Dude. It sucks, dude. I used to it try to do that too. Sucks. I can't even put a set together now. It's hard. Dude. It is like, hard. Well, it sucks just delivering new jokes because yeah, none of them like my 20 all segued, right? There are like, do you have were, everything word for word kind of? No, no, that's good. No, I have, I have like a formula of how I want to approach it. Uh, but it's not. And I write out all of my notes super shorthand. If there's a tag that's super important for me, for me to remember the exact wording of that, then I'll write that specific tag down. But the rest of it's like, 
jerking off dogs and then the, te- you know, <laughs> so for sure, I want to keep it shorthand because I want to be able to allow like creativity and stuff to flourish. When I started writing, see, com- if you're out there working a bunch, you'd probably be forced to do that other 20 all the time. Yeah. Which is, there's and, nothing wrong and with that. And it's fine, dude. I love doing that 20 is fine because I, it, it's safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it's, it's been tested around here. Like it's the best, it's as safe as it can be as early in as I am. Right. Doing the new stuff sucks because there's no, there's no segues, right? They're all disembodied, there's discombobulated no jokes. It's like, here's this and this, and people are trying to like fall my ADHD brain. Like, all right, I'll see you later. And it also sucks because I'd been doing, in order to get to that 20, I'd been practicing, you know, five, 10 minute segments of it in different arrangements for like the last six, seven months to get it as tight as possible to be like, oh, this is how it needs to flow together. And so I haven't really had like a lot of like comedic adversity, right? Like it's pretty well received. And now I'm back to square one, essentially. You know, I'm like, you're well, completely also, new premises. It is kind of a hard, it's hard to get a good read for the stuff in a mic, usually. Yeah. When it's just comics and like, I don't know. It's difficult, man. So that's why, dude, I can't, even when I have to do like, you know, a longer set now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I should put a set together, but it's like 15 minutes till. And I'm like two beers in. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to just go up yeah <laughs> go up and it's hope nice but i i've noticed i always have 10 minutes like wherever i'm at however long i've been there's always been like 10 minutes that i want to do i'm excited about and then the other stuff i kind of forget about until yeah. i have to do it and i'm like i need to add tags to this mm-hmm. there was a there was a gotta get more organized. there was a period of time where like i was doing a lot of crowd work um and it was like working in my favor and Lately, I've tried tapping into that again. It's just like gone. It's like, like I forgot. It's like I, yeah, it's like I forgot how to do it. There, because what would happen is I would get put on like 20 minute features back when I was realistically only like a 14, 15 oh, minute yeah. comedian. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, how may I feel, fill this time? And you start, you know, asking around the audience, and I would just have these brilliant spoon-fed moments of crowd work you know like the Fill audience the member gaps. said said the exact right thing they had the exact right job or they were and I, yeah i'd be able to fill it in perfectly and now it's just i think i used to do more of that too it's just gone now dude I it's like i didn't exercise that maybe muscle you lose your and, like enthusiasm for it too yeah but i have noticed i think uh when it works best for me it is like a conversation with the crowd yeah you know it doesn't have to be like oh they're answering back but there's like an energy exchange. Yeah. That's why it's hard to even know, like, you know, when you're going up, like, how do I o- open? Like, if the last person was maybe just crushed, maybe you start slower. Yeah. If you just go in with the same energy, you know, how do you, like, reset the energy? Now, do you have a different style for hosting than when you're actually doing your sets? Do you approach it People differently? People ask me that a lot because they can't see me as a host sometimes. I, I've seen you host and kill it numerous times now. I've exactly. I've seen you host plenty. I mean, I've hosted so much. Yeah. It's like, I really like hosting, actually. I kind of like going up just as a nobody. Yeah. It feels really good. Why do you think it feels good? Like a no pressure sort of situation? Uh, maybe. I just think it's just uh, people drop their guard. Too. Yeah. It's just a better feeling. Because sometimes, you know, when you're really doing well all the time, and then you go out there and you're like, I got it. Like, and you're all confident. And it's like, but it's all subject to crumble. 
Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely. Nice, it's nice just kind of going in expecting it for it not to go well. Yeah, but trusting yourself, and I think hosting teaches that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't enjoy hosting. I know I need to. Uh, I need to practice it more. I need to get better at it. Um, for me, it was always like I, I've hosted uh, maybe like half a dozen times, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's been fine the times that I've hosted. Um, but it's definitely not like it is a different thing than, than doing stand up. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. It, so it's definitely it's kind of harder though. And I think that I've heard people say that they think, um, I would agree. I would agree. It's harder. It's at least harder for me. There's probably some people that are good natural hosts and maybe stand ups harder for them. But for me, it's definitely, but I think that energy is so important with hosting I'm a pretty low energy comic, you know, I like to stroll around up there and be like contemplative, you know, and deliver my, I have a specific, you know, like a certain beat that I want to follow. I like, I have this joke, uh, a joke, but it's always a reality. If Mike Adralis is on a show with me, Mm -hmm. um, I will always be able to tell you how either Mike or how I'm going to do that show. Because if I go on first, and uh, like I kill, I know Mike's gonna have a shitty night. If Mike goes on first and he kills, I know I'm gonna have a shitty night. It's two completely different styles of comedy, and so I know if it's a Mike Adralis crowd, they aren't gonna like me. Dude, I've it's seen just Mike crush. Dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did that. We did a house show, and well, I did one of those don't tell shows. Oh like yeah, in Omaha. How are those? Oh, they're great. Dude. How do you? How do you? How's that happen? Did they get a hold of you? Um, well, usually like somebody in whatever scene like runs them. Okay. And they'll do it. But actually I was thinking about getting one going here. Okay. Because I guess all you have to do is like, there's a lot you have to do, but you can email the don't tell people yeah. and they send you equipment and everything. Oh, that's They do the promotion. Awesome. Maybe we should do something like that. Yeah. We'll talk more. But uh, I think that'd be good around here. That'd be super cool. I've always wanted to be on one of them. I like the kind of like well, underground sort of. Oh, it's sorta. cool. I mean, yeah. they pack them out too. But this was in a house. It was pretty sweet. It was Sold out. You do those secret house shows too. Yeah, I'm doing every one, now I'm gonna do one in a couple weeks. You, okay. if you want to come do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. I was have, I was busy a, the last time, but I know J- Jason Melton came through the last time. Yeah, right? I love Melton, dude. Shout out Jason. Yeah, root beer Fridays. Me and him are gonna do a little run, I think, in June. He wants to go like Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, I don't know. Melton's cool. Yeah, Pittsburgh would be cool. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to do Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh, Philly area. Yeah, I've never been up there. Me either. For some reason, I just I just want to cross states off. Yeah. For some reason, it always seemed like that'd be kind of a good spot for comedy. But uh, <clears throat> I did this Don't Tell show, and I had a pretty good set. And then uh, this dude came up to me and like slapped money in my hand afterwards, which was kind of a good feeling. He's like, thanks. And I was like, all right. It was just like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. But then he messaged me on Facebook later, and he's like, hey, will you come do a house uh, show at my place, like that one? Yeah. And I was like, I'll give you money. And I'm like, cool. So I got Mike. And I brought my buddy Nick Butler, and I had a couple of Des Moines guys, and we did this house, and it was fucking, it was wild. But, but anyway, it was just a drunken shit show. Yeah, like I was supposed to headline. By the time I went up, it was like everybody was so hammered, and I just riffed, and like it didn't really matter. Yeah, but everybody had a good time. Uh, but Mike, <laughs> there's this like lady there. <laughs> it was probably like I don't know how old she was, maybe. She's like menopause age, yeah, you know. But uh, like the owners of the house, like <laughs> caught him ba- banging, uh, banging that lady in the bathroom, <laughs> dude. 
it was it was so funny because that was he was he was like I couldn't come and then I told her and she started crying. I was like, yes, because she's going through menopause, Mike. <laughs> but then uh, we did Omaha like the next night, and uh, dude, it, me and Nick Butler were just like riffing in the car about it a lot. Yeah, and he just took all those riffs and like and everything he thought, and he just riffed in Omaha for like twenty minutes. And yeah, crushed. Um, so I was given I was given money after a show one time by an audience member. Um, Swingers? No, no, it was weirder than that, man. I ever uh, had that happen? Have yeah. I have I ever had that happen? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I've had any. I think it was. I think somebody was attempting it not too long ago. Um, Probably the speakeasy. This no, it was it was at Lucky Cat. Um, this lady came up to me after my set. She was an order lady. She's kind of hot actually, and uh, she was like flirting with me. And she's like, "What are you gonna do after?" But I had to record a podcast right after. Um, and I'm like. Uh, I'm like, oh, you know, have a have a good night. She's like, you, she's like, you had such a good set. Only thing you do now is go to the strip club. I'm like, yeah, is that where you work? You know, I was just like fucking yeah. around there, and um, and then she walked back over to a dude at like the other side of the bar, and they left. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. but um, it was at Comedy Bar. Um, it was an open mic, just a regular open mic. This before the Tomato Throw Show thing got started, and it was probably at this point in time, like the most important set that I could have delivered. I think it's, it's what granted me so many comedy bar opportunities. It's why Tim has a good relationship with me up there. And, uh, you got the lightning in the bottle. Huh? And there was this dude in the, the front row. He was dressed in like a Vior white track suit. He was a white dude, overweight, looks like white fat Joe. Um, and I just started making fun of him like the whole show. I'm like, I'm like, did you have to pay extra to get that beer poured into styrofoam cups? You know, I'm like, you're friends with one black person, right? And it's just like roasting him. And I go to the bar after my set and he comes up to me and he's goofy as you'd imagine he'd be. He's like, man, it's pretty funny, man. He like slaps my hand and then he pulls out a roll of $2 bills and he starts, he starts thumbing through the $2 bills, and he hands me, like, nine of them. He's like, here you go, man, for your trouble. What kind of freak sits in a front row and with like, a lot of $2 bills? And I'm like, I'm like, why do you have so many $2 bills? He's like, man, you go to a strip club, man. They love $2. I'm just like, what is happening, dude? Damn. <laughs> it was, yeah, dude. Those people just exist in the world. There's a dude in a Vior tracksuit wandering to Butte with $2 bills right now. Man, I'm imagining like a bowl cut. <laughs> Do they have a bowl cut? Nah, his head was shaved. Oh. Shaved, fat, Vior, suede, white tracksuit. Like he oh, was cast was to play, white. like he was cast to play God and Bruce Almighty or something. Yeah. Did he have eyebrows? He did have eyebrows. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. Dude. That's interesting, dude. Yeah, I have one of those two dollar bills Do you really? framed. I think. How many did he give you? He gave me uh, gave me eight or nine of them. Nice. It was a pretty good tip, dude. I'm That's like, cool. thanks, man. I'm like, I don't know if any I can spend these anywhere, but oh, you can <laughs> leave them as tips, like old ladies do. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was very That's interesting, fun, dude. Yes, yes. Sir. No, you're funny, dude. I like your stuff, man. I thanks, like man. you getting out. I like being out. Yeah, you should like uh, out. you should get out a little bit. You gotta get out of. I think people get caught in like their scene and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, even Mike, dude, I like, we're going to Kansas City, and he's like, you know, asking. I'm like, dude, it's just a show. We're just going to Kansas City. Yeah. Do a show. And I'm like, dude, you're funny. You should go. Go. He's like, who am I? He always says, who am I to do? I'm like, what do you mean? 
You just got to do the speakeasy mic every time. Like it's it's really cool to be like miss that mic because yeah. you're doing something somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know why I went on that tangent. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's super important uh, like to per- to perform as wide of a swath as you can, right? Otherwise, you end up in like echo chambers. Whenever I have like a a bit that I like, I try taking it as many places as possible. You know what I mean? I want to be like, okay, this works here with the same people that are hearing me all the time. Like, is it going to work here? And a lot of times you'll find like, oh, like maybe it worked in a couple of these scenes, but it fucking didn't work here. It kind of forces you to be. I I do think that's what's interesting about Iowa doing comedy here is like uh, you sort of have to like we don't have a lot of mics no, really. But so, like, when I started, there was only the one mic. There was just a speakeasy mic. Yeah. So I had to go to Iowa City and Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. Yeah. So I got to know everybody, like, just doing that. Yeah. And I met other people, and they're like, oh, come to Nebraska or whatever. So, yeah. But we have a couple mics here. That was kind of my approach to it. I started doing Dubuque a lot. Yeah. Because it was a really good opportunity. And you build up relationships there. You get your, you know, feature spots there. Dude, I, I like performing for all those fucking bush lightheads too. Yeah. You know, Dubuque's I, a fun crowd, dude. They're a fun, fun comedy crowd. Almost, almost universally. Even if, and normally they pack out those shows pretty well too. Yeah. But even if it's a small audience, it's normally a fun, small audience. It's just a good room. Yeah. Cedar Rapids. I love the Lucky I Cat, dude. I love Lucky Cat, dude. It's super you fun. You would love Penguins. Yeah, dude, I'm. I'm it was bummed. like 200 I'm, seats. But I'm it was bummed I missed ceilings. out on that era. Yeah, I feel really comfortable at Lucky Cat just because like I spent so much time in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, it's like Mike Lucas. Shout out to that guy. Mike Lucas is awesome. Was, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's like the Godfather of Iowa comedy kind of. He's the man. Yeah, he's just sitting in the background. Yeah, super cool he's dude. Got fake accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used to just post pictures of toilets. Aren't as yeah, that was cool. Well, when I started, there was this guy around here named Tom Garland. Did you ever hear about him? No. He he ran the yacht club. Okay. Yeah, which was where the joystick is. Iowa City Yacht Club. Iowa City, yeah. Which the yacht club was like a old mortuary. Oh, where, really? Where they do punk shows, yeah. But they did a mic there on Mondays. Yeah. But, but Tom was like uh he kind of ran the scene, you know. We had a meeting before every one and he'd be like, Anybody's first time doing comedy? And it was like, look around, dude, you know all of us. Like you'd yeah. always just come, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. He's always trying to coach you and I don't know, but Mike really hated him. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's kind of a tyrant, too, you know? Yeah. So, but then, uh, yeah, Tom ended up blocking a bunch of us. I know he blocked Mike, and then Mike, uh, he made it his mission to uh, to keep up with what Tom's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Just to protect Iowa comedy. Yeah. It really got a lot more open after that. Yeah. Because Tom was one of those guys that, like, he would prop up, like, the worst comedians. Just so he looked better. Yeah. Like I got along with Tom too. I get along with pretty much everybody, but yeah, there's just different egos you got to deal with. And all clubs have that to to a degree, you know. It's just kind of, you know, who they're who they've determined their heavy hitters are. You know, a lot of time it's like time. These people have been around this long, so we're gonna give them the opportunities that they're they're awarded. And I used to get upset about that, but then you you think about it like. A lot of my life in comedy now is when something irritates me, I try like asking myself, like, should this matter to me? You know, 
if somebody's been doing stand up for 15 years and they're they're just doing comedy in Iowa and they've been going to the same club for 15 years and they're getting more spots there than than me who cares man for sure who cares you know they earned it they showed up to that club all the time they show up to the mics they gave that club their patronage they brought people they're known in that audience who cares, man? It why am I matter. why am I competing with this person? No, dude. Let them have Just that. Just competing with yourself. Exactly. Honestly. Just gotta write a better bit. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Yeah. That's <clears throat> stuff I like, man. Dude, when I started, I remember uh, Chris Schlichting was like, dude, even if you don't end up like, you know, being like a working comic or whatever, he's like, comedy still has like stuff to offer. You yeah. know, you'll make other friends, maybe it's like girls, whatever. It's gonna open up different paths for you. Yeah, definitely. I always like that. Definitely, man. Yeah, I mean, everything fun and positive in my life right now, I pretty much owe to stand up comedy. I moved to I It's a good thing to remember, dude, when you get cynical. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that for me. Yeah, definitely. I moved to Davenport a year ago, dude. I didn't have friends here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think a lot of people it becomes like a social club. Yeah. I know comics have been around forever that like that's what it is to them. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, like, definitely. I love those people. And it, I feel like ideally it has to be both things, right? It ha- you know, it has to exist as a social circle that you enjoy, but it also has to, I mean, depending what you want from it, right? I can't speak in de- like definites. If you want it to be something else, like, yes, it can be a social club, but it also has to be the other thing. You also have to put in work, you know, you also have to be trying to write your material. Like it has to, it can't just exist as that to you. And I think in, in Davenport specifically, all it is is social club. You know, I agree. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Even Stevie, man, Stevie's been around longer than me. Like I, it's funny because I remember he used to like piss everybody off. Like we do the yacht club and he's like, I think like when I started, everybody like loved Louie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were just like, if somebody says something in the crowd, you call him a cunt. <laughs> they all got from Louie. But Stevie would go hard, dude. Yeah. Like, that's why at the speakeasy, you'd always boo him. Yeah. Like Stevie Martin's like, boo. Yeah. And yeah. I, he still goes hard. I've seen him at Mike's and I've seen him still attack the audience. Because it seemed like he got into the, like, the positive vibe thing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And again, it all it comes down to is adjusting my way of thinking, right? Like I used to, I love comedy. I'm like, I'm, I'm pursuing it, right? Like whatever it's going to be for me is, is what it's going to be. Like I'm trying to do everything that I can to put myself in a, a spot to continue doing comedy, you know? And I don't you just w- relax into it, man. But, uh, I, all you need is your ideas and a microphone. Yeah. But I, uh, so I try reminding myself like, Hey dude, it doesn't have to be that for everyone. You know, you like make fun of people or you like, you're right. You laugh at some people and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? You know? And then you get down to it. It's like, Oh, they're probably just having a good time. They're probably just having a good time with their friends, man. What, like, who am I to shit on them for, for, for using, you know, an open mic to meet some people you know, they, ha- they have a job or this just isn't for them. Dude, some of my favorite people that go to open mics, so it's just somebody, some like weird hobo that just shows up and dude, and they're just insane. Like I find that and they don't even know what's happening. Yeah. I find that so much funnier than somebody going up trying to be a comedian. Yeah. I mean, unless they're being a comedian. Yeah. 
Like, uh, but yeah. the, sometimes those people, then they get the comedy bug though. And then they lose the thing. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. There's like, I agree with you. Um, I like the, I like the weirdos, yeah, right? Me too. And then I like the really talented comics. And then there's this weird middle ground of people that are serious about forcing people to listen to their bad comedy. And those are the people I hate. You know? it's <laughs> it's, hostage situation. Yeah. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Yeah. Either don't give a fuck at all or give a lot of a fuck. If you just halfway give a fuck, you're miserable to be around most it's of the like, time. It's like, how are you so confident? Like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, dude, you're all right. It might be better if you were like less confident. Echo chambers, dude. You know, it's, you go back to your friends and your friends gas you up and they're like, oh, you, you'll get them next time. And you start believing that stuff, right? It's, it's what you're talking about earlier. Delusion has to exist in comedy, but it has to be this manageable resource, right? You have to understand if you want to pursue comedy, right? If you're like, I'm going to make it someday. Comedy is going to pay my bills. Okay, man. Great. Cool, dude. Like, that's awesome. I want that someday. That's a fucking 2% chance, you know? So you just. Yeah, but even that, it's like people like glorify that sometimes. And then, like, uh, I mean, I don't know if all the road comics are always the happiest. You got to really love it. It's like being a line cook or a chef. Yeah. Like, unless you really. I think what it is. It's not the healthiest lifestyle. I think what it is, um, and I can relate this, I can, like, I can connect this to like my time in the military, right? Like when I was, when I was deployed, like it's, it's not fun, right? Like it's not fun when it's 120 degrees at fucking 9 PM and like the sun's been down for like the last three hours and it's not fun having to like do paperwork and having to like do all these formations and all these meetings and all the bullshit. No one's having a good time. Everyone's horny, missing their family. But you're glad you did it. But you're like, at least everyone's having a bad time and you, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, at least I do that with the audience. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) but like you find some sort of like solace in the fact that like, Hey, all these people around me, like it sucks for them too. So if you're doing something that sucks, right? Like comedy can get sometimes when you're like really grinding it out. It's cool to be like, I think it's kind of part of the process. It's cool to be like, at least it sucks for like my friends too. At least we're all hating our lives together right now. Well, dude, I think, I mean, that's one, I think the best way to get funnier is you sit in the back of the room and you shit on everybody. Yeah. Like, that's where you really sharpen your sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like sitting in the front, you know, applauding yeah. it. Like it's good to support. Like, you know, I'll go sit in the front. I like, I like doing the, like, I like seeing somebody like really fucking eating shit up there and then just looking over it a buddy and then just doing the knowing look like (laughs) I think it was the last Skylark mic. Uh, I don't know how many comics went up dude, but I didn't like nobody laughed Yeah, for a long time. And, but then like Brandon Gale was like filming and he kind of told me and Tony we were being loud. And I was like, um, we were whispering. Yeah. I was like, this is an open mic, man. Like I love Brandon. Yeah. But it's kind of like, well, means they're not doing their job then. <laughs> We're being loud. I didn't shit on anybody, did I? Because, I mean, I, I really do like everybody. I don't uh, I don't have a problem with anybody. Yeah. Except for... Uh, Ooh. 
Hey, they probably don't listen to it. <laughs> I was going to say, who's to listen? I don't have a problem anyway, honestly. Yeah. I like everybody, dude. And I, I get it, dude. Like, comedy kind of brings out the fucking goblin in you. You got to learn that. I, uh, yeah, this, this chapter of comedy for me is me trying to, yeah, learn to be more present and then also trying to learn to be more patient with people. I think both those are skills that uh that are good good to develop right or you just be a fucking maniac dude or that or just you be- <laughs> work on your jokes dude <laughs> oh just, yeah 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 i mean yeah. working on jokes is take n- all that anger non-stop. and rage and just put it in your fucking notebook yeah like all that spite dude don't but get it's, rid of your spite, Zach. It is, it is hard to... You should have a chapter entitled oh, Spite. Dude, I can't get... I'm the most spiteful human being that I know, dude. It's the worst quality about... It's the worst and best quality about me. The reason I can't turn that into material is because, much. Is because so much of it's tied to comedy now. Yeah. And I don't want to go up to, to a non-comedy audience and talk comedy. Well, you could... Like, you're you're going to lose them. But even just putting your mind into like what you're really what you really hate about all those people. Yeah. Like it doesn't even have to be about them. You're like I'm sick of you guys and your fucking Disney fucking <laughs> big the everything's a big theatrical production now. Yeah. You know, you guys fucking smile like you just fucking <laughs> got electrocuted. I don't know. Keep going, dude. <laughs> Let him have it, daddy. Ah. Ah, just oh. been eating self-help books. Yeah. Yeah, that's another weird sect of comedy, too. The people that have chose comedy um, as their form of therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. The people that are like, uh, oh, God, I can't. It's just such a trick. <laughs> this is going to sound so targeted. Uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound like I'm talking Who about do you once. you hate, Zach? Listen, there's a billion of these I- people. But the people that are like... <laughs> The people are like, I used to be addicted to alcohol, um, but I don't do that anymore. So now I'm doing open mics. And it's like, don't. Uh, <laughs> I agree, dude. You know, I, I get this. So like, and that's something, like I said, like I've kind of been, I'm not the most ambitious person, but a lot of it's just because I drink and I go have fun. Yeah. Uh, but if, like, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anyone that they got clean. I just think it's, sure. I just think it's a weird move to be like, I used to have so-and-so addiction, yeah. um, but I'm getting over that and I'm using comedy as my vehicle to do that. It's like, oh man. Well, like, <laughs> no offense to a lot of those people. Like some people really need to get sober. Like, like even me, dude, I try to control him, like my boozing. Yeah. You got to just know when to pick your battles. Yeah. Really. But it's like, I don't feel like them quitting drinking always like helps. Like, cause they just think more about what they're thinking about. And then unfortunately they get even more ambitious and they like double down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were drinking, you probably wouldn't have the energy to like, yeah, I don't be think so ambitious. I don't think addiction's something that you lose. It's just something you focus elsewhere. So you're like, I got rid of one addiction. I got rid of one vice. Those people don't lose addiction. They just find something else to pour it into. For sure. And they're like, ah, oh, this is marginally healthier. And it's like, yeah, but. I think the big problem, though, it's like, I don't know. It's just a sales thing where everybody's like, uh, they love talking about their backstory. Yeah. It's like a point of sales, dude. It's what salespeople do. Yeah. And now everybody does it. Not everybody, but a lot of people do it in comedy. Yeah. Like, they want to talk to you about their story and it's just trying to find an angle, I guess, but it's just not very fresh anymore. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, if maybe if you can make good, I can't make good material out of that. Right. Like there's, I don't have the desire to make those jokes. I grew up so-and-so and and, and so I'm going to tell, no, like it's just no desire for me to do that. If you're going to wake up not hungover, just, you know, write some better bits. Yeah, dude. Punchlines, man. Just fucking write punchlines. I used to tell fucking dig in people forget to like, I always like tell people I'm like, uh, the audience is fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> the audience is dumb. See, I've been trying to let go of that. You have to but you have right. to you have to treat them like they're dumb. And your punchline has to be such an obvious punchline that what you're literally saying with it is now's when you laugh. You know? Like treat treat them like they're fucking idiots and use that punchline as the moment where it's like, hey, you laugh now, guys. Like that's <laughs> dude. You're right. You're right, dude. When you're right, you're right, man. Hey, we've been recording for an hour and 23 minutes. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything or talk well, about where you're going to be next? This is going to be released on Monday. Do people listen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Any of our enemies listen? I don't know. I, do we have if, enemies? I, yeah, I do. I don't know. Do if, I don't, Who's your I don't know if you do. But uh, this will this will release Monday. People do listen, man. Yeah, well, I don't know why, dude. That Chad Daniels at Rhythm City. That's gonna be awesome, dude. Two I love shows. I love Chad Daniels. Yeah. He's a fucking murderer. Did you ever uh, Did you ever see I Need You to Kill? Yeah, so good, so good, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for that show. That's awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for most shows, but like, you know, he's on the list of dudes to fucking work with. Have you ever worked with him before? Nope. Oh man. Yeah. That's going to be sick. I mean, it's cool about him. I know he probably, he went to LA for a while, I think, but he's such a good writer and stuff that he didn't really have to, he could just kind of do what he wanted. Yeah. I think. Cause I think he's, in, I don't even think he lives in Minneapolis, huh? I think he lives in Minnesota. I don't know like where he's at now. City or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's going to be well, fun. fun. It was fun, dude. It was a good time. I didn't, I didn't say anything too cynical, did I? I don't think we. I don't think we said anything dude, too. Dude, if cynical. I would have had like five beers in me, we'll have to do it again. Yeah. We'll do it. Again, dude. <laughs> we'll do it when I. And maybe next time we won't just talk about comedy. If I ever get a Patreon up, I'll yeah. have you on with five beers, so at least that's there's cool. a paywall between like, us like and Jason the horrible Melton. things we say. That's what Melton does. Yeah, that's such a funny idea. Yeah, he makes all the comics like <laughs> get the Patreon to see who he's talking shit about. <laughs> I was thought, dude, I thought of that a while ago. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it, to protect yourself. I think I exist in a nice little realm with this podcast right now where I can pretty much say the things that I want to say without hurting anyone or damaging whatever career, air quotes, that that I have right now. Eventually, there will be a point where I'm going to have to go back and probably scrub episodes if things work out for me. Slice of life, dude. Slice of life. Life's a pretty sweet fruit. It's pretty sweet fruit. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Donnie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, look for Donnie all around. Thanks, buddy. Outside your local convenience store, not wearing shoes. Yeah. Offer him some flip-flops or something. Hey, lady. <laughs> hey, give me a roller dog, would you? Yeah. Those things are good, man. Good. I like those tornadoes. I like the old roller dogs. You like the tornadoes? Those are nice. Yeah. Tornadoes all, are pretty nice. nice, dude. <laughs> it's tornado season. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.